You're going to love my conversation today with Annette Richmond, a fashionista and digital nomad who is not only going to talk about how she's been able to travel more, but also about how and why she created Fat Girls Traveling, an online community that encourages, supports, and showcases curvy and plus-size women travelers. You're going to hear about all of this today and more on this episode of The Globetrotter Lounge. You are listening to the Globetrotter Lounge podcast. Conversations with women who have found creative ways to travel more. With your host, travel hacker and online course creator, Jet Set Lizette. Hey everyone, this is Jet Set Lizette. And before I push play on this episode of the Globetrotter Lounge podcast, I'd like to invite you to download my Globetrotter Roadmap to Free Travel. It breaks down the steps I've taken to rack up and consistently maintain over a million airline miles and hotel points over the last five years. So far, I've saved almost $90,000 in travel costs, and so can you. You can get it for free at RoadmapToFreeTravel.com. And if you want even more guidance, my online course, Jet Set 101, Becoming a Travel Hacker, teaches you everything you need to know to leverage the incredible travel credit card sign-up bonuses that are out there and start traveling for practically free. Along with video course modules, you also get the tools and resources that I use to successfully travel hack without going into debt or damaging my credit score. And it includes access to me through monthly coaching calls. You can get more information at jetset101course.com. Well, welcome to the Globetrotter Lounge, and it's another great episode because I have Annette Richmond here. I'm very excited to be talking with her about what she's been up to. She is a California girl, digital nomad, um, a staunch supporter of the body positive movement, and a self-proclaimed fat girl. She has worked in the fashion industry for over 10 years. Um, and not only has she done all of that, but she recently has gotten into traveling, which is where... Uh, her uh, visiting me today on the Globetrotter Lounge comes in because she's visited almost 20 countries in the last two years. And I'm very intrigued to hear how she's managed to start traveling more so quickly. Um, and also in traveling, she's now become uh, an ambassador or even just someone who's out there encouraging other plus size women, curvy girls, um, uh, fat women, anybody who sees themselves as larger to get out there and travel more. So people who might feel that their physical shape might limit them in some way in terms of travel. She's out here saying, no, let's do this. And she started a community, uh, called fat girls traveling and uh, a lot of followers in that community on Instagram. So this is why I've invited Annette to be here with me today. So welcome Annette. I'm so glad to have you here and can't wait to talk about all that you're doing. Thank you so much, Lizette. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat with you about everything travel. Yes, let's do it. Okay, so actually, before we go into the travel, let's back up a little bit. And I just would love to hear about, you know, your life, um, maybe a little bit about growing up, um, sort of what led you to this place, right? So so tell us a little bit about where you're from and, and um, kind of your interests with fashion and all of that. Yeah. So I'm from the Bay area. I'm from Northern California. Uh, I always have been 
super obsessed with fashion. I feel like fashion is my number one love. Before I knew as many opportunities were possible in fashion, as a little girl, I dreamed of being a fashion designer and I would make, you know, outfits for my Barbies out of socks and scrunchies and, you know, a lot of just random things, redesign the outfits that came with them. So I've always been super fashion focused and uh, decided super early in life that I wanted to go to school for fashion. When I was in, I think, middle school, the movie Clueless came out. And it kind of changed my life uh, with all the fashion that was in that film. And I did some research and found out that the fashion uh, designer for that movie went to the Fashion Institute in L.A. And my junior year in high school, I applied and was accepted with early admittance to uh, the Fashion Institute. Um, so that has kind of just always been my first love. I was super excited, too. On the like first day of college, they have like a speaker to get you excited for attending and the speaker was actually the fashion designer from Clueless. Wow. So it was kind of like a full circle moment. Yeah. Like she was the reason why I went there. Her name's Mona May. She was the reason why I decided to go to FITM instead of like going to New York for like Parsons or FIT. Um, and so I decided to move away, but still be in California because my mom was a little nervous to have me moving so far to like New York or out of state. Um, and it all just kind of worked out. I was able to meet like my fashion idol my first day of college. And um, yeah, I had some really great jobs in the fashion industry in LA. I decided that I wanted to live closer to home and be closer to family and friends. So after about five years in LA, I moved back to Northern California, but I was able to still work in fashion, work in fashion PR, work for different designers. Um, the cool thing about fashion is that it's everywhere, so you can find opportunities um, kind of no matter what state or city that you're in. Um, and most recently, in the past like almost uh, five years, I've been able to find a job with an online company. So I am a remote fashion stylist, so I can style clients from anywhere in the world and just help them feel and look cuter by picking out cute outfits for them. And that job is what has allowed me to travel so freely and to be a digital nomad because I know that I have that steady income as a remote stylist. And so kind of like everything ever since I was a little girl wanting to like make people look cute, I'm super excited that I'm still able to do that and indulge in travel now. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's, that's phenomenal that you found a way to incorporate the two together. What got you going with travel? I mean, specifically, so that's, you know, that's where you ended up. Now you're able to do the digital nomad thing. What started that? You said even it's just the last couple years that you've been traveling a ton. So so tell me about that transition into that new lifestyle. Yeah, so I was living in the Bay Area, was getting out of a long term relationship and decided that I wanted to move out of state. I had some friends who lived in Atlanta who had like an extra apartment that they could rent to me. Um, so I decided to move to Atlanta and I had always wanted to travel and I had traveled a lot like domestically before that and like to Mexico. But like when you're from California, like Mexico doesn't really count, you know? <laughs> um, so when you're, but like when you're in a relationship, it's just much more difficult to travel internationally. You know what I mean? Just because mm -hmm. it's like double the expense for everything. Mm -hmm. So when I ended that relationship and moved to Atlanta, I was really excited that Atlanta's a hug for travel. There's a ton of domestic international flights out of Atlanta for a reasonable price. 
and just the cost of living in Atlanta is much lower than, say, California. So being in Atlanta definitely afforded me more disposable income to be able to travel more. I also got a job at a summer camp. So because I was working digital, like I was working remotely, I was able to like take on other part-time jobs. And so I got a full-time summer job at a summer camp that kind of gave me some flexibility to be able to juggle my styling job. And at the end of the summer is when the summer camp pays you. So I kind of looked at that as my travel fund. So this is actually my fourth summer working at the camp as the office manager. And I, you know, work all summer, get paid at the end. But during the summer, I'm still working for my styling job. So I'm getting paid, you know, every two weeks with that. So that kind of like sustains me. And then at the end of the summer, I get like a chunk of money and I usually leave the country for some months. And that's kind of how I've been doing it for the past few years. The first year, I went out of the country for just a couple of weeks, but I went to like on my own, but then I went on like a cruise to the Bahamas and, you know, Jamaica with my mom. So a lot of, you know, Caribbean travel. And I went to Europe for the first time that first summer. So that was kind of when I got bit by the travel bug and haven't really been able to stop since. The next, the following year, I kind of traveled most of the year and then came to camp for three months and then traveled more. So generally, when I was living in Atlanta, I would say that I was in my apartment for maybe three months out of the year. Um, And so it kind of seems like having an apartment was just kind of a storage space and was costing me a lot of money to maintain since I wasn't there often enough. And that's when I decided to just become a digital nomad to get rid of all of my stuff, to like just have two suitcases full of the things that I really needed, including some cute outfits, and just travel as much as I could. Wow. Yeah, I was thinking immediately when you said live out of two suitcases, I'm like, wait a minute, is that hard for a fashionista to downsize to two suitcases, (laughs) you know, if you're really into fashion? Um, I'm imagining that might have been a little bit of a challenge. But you were up. It's up for definitely it. a challenge. <laughs> it's definitely a challenge. But like, I just spent eight months in Asia, and so everything that I brought to Asia, I left in Asia. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, after having stuff for eight months, there's no need to have it any longer. And being a digital nomad has really just taught me um, with how little I can actually live without, or how little I can live with. You know, mm-hmm. um, there's only certain things that I really, really need, and I make sure to keep those with me. But being a plus size traveler, being a fat girl traveling, it can be difficult in certain countries to shop and to find things in your size. So for me, it has been essential to like travel with the necessities as far as wardrobe things and things that are mixed and matchable so that I can create different looks using similar items. But it hasn't been an issue. And for me, the most important thing is checking out different countries, learning about different cultures. so that's priority, but obviously I still want to look cute. Like right. what girl doesn't want to look cute. Mm-hmm, of course. Well, and so, you know, as far as the whole theme of creative ways to travel more, downsizing, you know, definitely is a way to be able to travel more. And uh, not everybody is in a position where they can do that, but it is really inspiring to hear about you just kind of saying, you know what, this is my priority. I want to travel and I don't need to pay all this money for my apartment to be like a glorified storage space. So I'm going to, you know, even a fashionista can downsize and find a way to do it. Um, so that's pretty amazing. Love it. Um, okay. So you mentioned 
just now about, you know, being a plus size traveler, needing to have some basics that maybe it could be hard to shop. I'm, I'm assuming that that's some of the realizations that led you to create the community that you created. Do you want to tell me about how that sort of came to be and when that happened, um, your Instagram community and, and uh, whatever else you're doing around fat girls traveling? Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. So I created Fat Girls Traveling just um, over a year ago. And basically traveling, I would see other fat, curvy, plus size travelers, however you want to describe yourself or them. Uh, And I would see us out here, but I wouldn't see representation of us. So as a blogger, as a travel writer, it's important for me to share my images and to use hashtags and, you know, tags so that potentially my photos could be featured on different uh, travel Instagram pages or websites with more followers and a larger audience than I have. And so for the, you know, probably a year, I was tagging, you know, some of my favorite major Instagram accounts and was not getting featured. And I was noticing a similarity in the people that were getting featured. Generally, they were thin, they were white. They had blonde hair. They wore maxi dresses, floppy hats, which there's nothing against a maxi dress and a floppy hat, (laughs) like, let me tell you. And there's nothing against (laughs) anyone. I just feel like there needs to be some diversity um, in the imagery and there needs to be some awareness about the diversity in travel because Black women, Black men, fat people, thin people, we're all out here traveling. But if you were to Google traveler, the first person that you would see would be a white person. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And they would probably be uh, small or thin Mm -hmm. or really muscular, like a muscular man, like trekking or hiking somewhere. Like I'm fat. I hike too, boo. Like don't leave me out. Mm -hmm. So I decided that I wanted to create a platform that only featured fat female travelers because I wanted to shine a light on people in my community who kind of felt like, other kind of felt like there was no space for us in this industry. Um, And I wanted to, with the, even with the name fat girls traveling in the beginning people, and still now people are a little bit shocked about, by the way that I use the word so freely. Um, I like the shock factor, first of all, because I feel like it's attention grabbing, but I also, my goal was to take the shame and the stigma out of the word fat for me and for many people in the fat positive community Fat is just a descriptor, just as woman is a descriptor, just as tall is a descriptor. Fat is just another physical attribute. I don't think that there's anything negative with it. I know that people have negative association. People might have some, you know, um, emotional baggage or emotional ties to that word. But generally, it's just a word. And so that is what I want to help. Uh, bring awareness to as a society that that doesn't mean inherently bad or inherently ugly or lazy or unhealthy. You know, these are things that are associated with that word, but they're not true. Mm. And I want to break those stereotypes, break those boundaries and prove that, you know, fat girls are traveling. We're beautiful. We can, you know, go to beautiful destinations, take amazing photographs that can be featured in Teen Vogue, in, you know, Shape Magazine and Self Magazine, because the girls in my on my Instagram, we have been featured in those publications. Like, this thing has taken off. In the beginning, there was maybe, you know, a couple hundred followers. Now we have almost 14,000 followers on the Instagram page. So it really has just taken off. It's 
kind of become my thing, you know, and I've in a way become like a travel influencer, which that wasn't really my goal. It was just to, you know, shine some light on people who are out here who are underrepresented. And I'm happy that I am able to take this platform to the next level and to be a voice for the fat traveler. That's phenomenal. I love it. Um, And I also like what you were saying about the word fat. I mean, even for me, introducing you talking about it, it is, it's true. It's like, wait a minute, I'm, is this okay that I'm saying this word, you know, and you're right, there is these connotations, like, did I just insult somebody, you know, like, it just, it doesn't seem right. But when you describe, you're like, wait, this is just an adjective, we say tall men or tall women, and we're not like, oh, did I say tall, you know, so it, it exactly. I know there's a lot of history behind, you know, there's a lot of reasons why it, it it's evolved, you know, into being sort of this shameful, quote, unquote, word, but I just love that you're just putting it out there. You're like, for me, this is how I, I want to just say it. Yes, there is some shock factor, but also like, let's let's just talk about this. This doesn't have to be a negative, you know? And and then what you said about the travel, just the images that are out there around travel, travelers. Um, I think, you know, my whole quest for myself to travel more and then to encourage other women in particular to travel more is just what you're talking about. I feel like I don't know, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, look, there are black people traveling. I could be one of those black people or look, there is plus size or fat girls traveling. Wait, I could travel more too. like just that encouragement of seeing your own self represented out there, inspiring you to get out and travel more to see the world. You know, travel is so transformative. Why? Why would we want to deny ourselves that just because we think, you know, we think Oh, travel looks like this. And for me too, helping people travel for cheaper, because that's another thing. People think they have to just spend so much money to travel, and it's not true. You don't have to. You can. It can be very expensive, but there are ways to travel more for less money too. So I just love what you're doing to contribute to, um, you know, women getting out and traveling more. I think it's so important. Um, so along Thank with... Thank you. Yeah. yeah I, go ahead. No, I just really think that representation matters. Um, and being able to see someone that looks like you doing the things that you want to do is really important. Like I remember being a kid watching Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson on MTV. And up until that point, I don't really remember seeing any black people on television you know, besides like sports stars. And so when I was able to see Janet Jackson and Michael Jackson performing and being in front of crowds of millions of people screaming and falling over and fainting for them, that was something that I needed as a kid to show me that like, okay, black people can be successful. Black people can be major stars and influence people. Right. Um, and so that is what I want to show uh, because my fat girls traveling Instagram isn't just about me. There's a community of us. And if you use our hashtag, I will generally reshare your images. You know, I'm pretty selective with the images that I do share, but people that are using our hashtag, I reshare, I allow people to do takeovers on the Instagram story when they're traveling. And so it is important to show all different sizes, even in the fat community. And that's really important to me. Representation is so, so, so important. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. So this has become part of what you do as a digital nomad. I mean, you're like I see here on your blog, fashion stylist, blogger and entrepreneur. And and this community has become part of what you do. But maybe you could also just describe um, like some of the services you are providing too. I just landed on your services page. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Just what you're doing exactly? 
Sure. Well, one of the things I'm super excited about this summer is Fat Camp. I'm going to be hosting the first Fat Positive Summer Camp for women um, here in North Carolina, actually at the summer camp that I work at. It's a summer camp for kids, but they're allowing me to rent the space for uh, Fat Camp. And it's going to be incredible. I have um, work, I've selected a couple other influencers and in, like plus fashion plus travel to come and just spread their knowledge. And I'm also going to be speaking and talking more about like, you know, travel, but it's going to be a mix of incredible women talking about self-love, self-care, plus size fashion, our favorite fashion brands. Like in the Fat Girl Traveling Facebook group, a lot of the questions center around brands and companies that cater to our size. Mm-hmm. And so I felt it was really important to have someone or have a couple people there who are in the fashion sphere, which is my love, you know, but um, who are in that fashion community, plus my fashion community to shed a light on what they're doing to make the industry more inclusive and to shine a light on some of their favorite brands and where they shop. And so I'm super excited. Most of these girls are, or no, all of these girls are part of the Fat Girls Traveling Facebook group. And they were even before I asked them to be speakers at Fat Camp. But along with these workshops and, you know, Q&As, there's going to be, you know, pool parties and arts and crafts and, you know, tubing. And um, there's a blob. Like, it's going to be an amazing mix of, like, nostalgic summer camp activities and some workshops and question and answer sessions where we can talk about, you know, inclusivity, representation. I'm super excited that the documentary Fatitude just agreed to have a private screening at that camp. Mm. So um, it's just, it's been incredible. I'm still promoting it and sign-ups are still open. So I'm really excited and can't wait to share everything with, you know, all the knowledge that I've gained from traveling for the past few years and to help women just love themselves more and to accept themselves more, accept their bodies and to know that like where you are right now is okay. You don't have to wait until you lose that 10 pounds to wear that bikini. You don't have to wait until you lose that 20 pounds to get that, you know, dress. Now is the time to celebrate yourself and to celebrate your body. Fantastic. So when is that camp coming up exactly? What are the dates for that? That camp is August 24th through August 27th. And so there is some flexibility. That's a Friday to Monday. For people who have some more flexibility in their schedule, they can choose that option. There's also a Friday to Sunday option, and there's two different price points on those. Um, and I also wanted to make it affordable. So I did create like a payment plan option for that. And so if people want to sign up, they put down the $100 deposit and then they can kind of pay up until I believe the end of July. And so time is kind of closing in, but I tried to make the um, camp as affordable as possible. There's also going to be like morning yoga with Amber from Body Positive Yoga. You know, all the food and the drinks and, you know, bed like accommodation is going to be included. And so I'm really excited to kind of just bring this nostalgic camp vibe to other people. And especially for people who may not have had the best summer camp experience as children. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of a chance for them to have a redo. I went to camp as a kid and I loved it. 
another kind of thing that I don't really talk about too often, but I was on a TV show called Bug Juice, which was a summer camp uh, reality show on Disney in the, I think it was the late or the early thousands. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they're actually doing, they're doing a reboot of it this summer. So like 20 years later, after my season of Bug Juice, they're going to have another season this year. Um, and so I loved summer camp. I always went to summer camp. I was on a TV show about summer camp and I just want to be able to share that awesome experience with as many women as I can. Great. Is there a link we can mention to where people can go and, um, find out more about it? Sure. Yeah. If you go to fatgirlstraveling.com, which is the website for the fat girls guide, which is the like counterpart to the fat girls traveling Facebook page and Instagram group, um, fatgirlstraveling.com. There's a tab that's fat camp and it will tell you about all of the speakers. It'll give you an example of what a day at fat camp would look like. And there'll be a bunch of links there where you can sign up for camp. Excellent. Great. Thank you so much. And I'll be sure to include those links in the show notes as well. Um, Okay. So that sounds like it's going to be amazing. Let me also ask you, before we go on to some tips, because I'd love to see if you have tips for plus size travelers, you know, just if you want to share a few things. Um, but before we get to that, let me know, where what are some of the trips you have uh, coming up? Do you have anything planned you want to share with us? Yeah, well, I, like I said, was just in Asia for about eight months. And so I'm going to be here in North Carolina for about four months. Um, and then I am going to do a little bit of domestic travel, travel. I'm going to go to New York for fashion week. I'm going to go to Austin, Texas for the first time. I can't believe I've never been to Austin, but I'm going to be speaking at TravelCon, which is a travel conference. That's going to have some of the most incredible travel journalists and travel bloggers. Like I follow almost every single one of these people. So I can't even believe that I'm like speaking at this thing. Um, and I've, plan on going on a cruise to Cuba because I really want to see Cuba now that I'm back on this side of the world. Uh, And then later on in the year, I plan on going to Europe for a few months. Excellent. Wonderful. Um, That's great about you speaking at TravelCon. And I heard you actually speak at uh, the Women in Travel Summit. And so, you know, I think that's a great way to be able to travel more is by, you know, um, well, when we put ourselves out there, you never know what can happen. And I guess things like being invited to speak, being invited to collaborate, being on panels, that's another way to get to travel. So, um, you know, that's that's awesome that you're going to be doing that. Um, Thank you. Yeah. So let's see. Do you have any tips for plus size women since you're sort of at the you know core of all this? You're, you have this community going. I was wondering if you could share some tips for plus size fat travelers who, um, I mean, there's probably some things that, that people aren't even aware that could come up for people who are traveling, who are plus size, or even if it's just tips around the stereotyping and all of that, like how to navigate some of the challenges that might come up, um, when people think like, oh, they probably don't hike or whatever. So whatever you want to, whatever angle you want to come at it from, but do you have any tips, thoughts, encouragements that you want to share? Of course. Well, some of my tips are more general, just kind of things that I've learned from being abroad for so long. Like one of them has, one of the things that has saved me is having a bank with a credit union, because with the credit union that I'm at, uh, you don't incur ATM fees. So 
when I'm in a different country and I go to get money out, maybe it'll be like a $5 or $7 charge to get money. But then a few days later, that amount goes right back into my account. So before I had moved to Asia for eight months, I just had like a regular bank card that didn't have that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, learning and traveling a little bit more, reading other blogs, I learned about banking with a credit union that will refund your ATM fees. That has saved me. I don't, I can't even tell you how much money that saved me to not have to occur ATM charges. So that skinny, any size in between, like if you want to save a coin, look into a credit union for Mm -hmm. banking, especially if you're traveling. Some people do like the chase and have, you know, the miles and all that stuff. That's great too. But having an option to bank with a credit union where you don't incur ATM charges has saved me so much money. Great. Um, Another thing I would say is don't be afraid, like especially as female travelers, solo female travelers, uh, society and media can kind of scare you from going to certain countries or going to certain parts of the world because they're deemed as unsafe. I would say if you, if your spirit is pulling you to go to that place, do your research, obviously, you know, look for maybe some group travel or look for a community where you can meet people before you go. But don't let fear hold you back from anything, especially when it comes to travel, because you're going to regret it. And like along those lines, there are some amazing travel communities that I'm a part of on like social media, especially Facebook. So there's a group called uh, Girls Love Travel, and they also have uh, offset of the group called Curvy Girls Love Travel. And um, that has been a great way for me to meet other women all over the world and to be able to link up with them in different countries. So if you're traveling solo, you can easily meet up with other people and then you don't feel alone. And if that person's also from that country or has been in that country for some time, they can kind of be your tour guide and take you to some cool places they can also take photos of you. So that's really important. Like mm-hmm. when you're traveling solo, like having, it's like I have a tripod and a remote and everything, but when you do find a travel buddy, it's nice to be able to have someone that can help you take photos. Like you take some photos of them, they take some photos of you. So for anyone of any size, I would say Facebook communities have really, really been helpful. But even with my group at Girls Traveling, we have a Facebook group. We do meetups. People are allowed to post if they're going to be in a certain city or in a certain country and want someone to link up with them. Uh, but other groups like, like I said, Curvy Girls Travel or Girls Love Travel or Traveling While Plus Size, these are some amazing Facebook groups where you can get some feedback if you're looking for some recommendations on what to do in a certain city or a different country. It's also a really empowering place to share images of your trip. I feel like when I started the Fat Girls Traveling Facebook group, I love a bikini. So I was sharing all my pictures in the bikinis over in Thailand, over in this island. And ever since, like, people will post, like, being in this group has really inspired me to wear a bathing suit on the beach, or this is my first bikini that I've ever worn. So being in these supportive groups that are specific to plus-size fat women will help you with your self-confidence because you'll see other women with similar body types who are confident and that will inspire you to maybe break out of your comfort zone a little bit. But just in general, there's a ton of 
Facebook groups for women, like She Wonderful, Girls Who Love Travel. There's a ton of Facebook groups for female travelers, and they're really great to get feedback. They're really great to get recommendations. But if you do live in a bigger body, looking for those niche groups like Fat Girls Traveling, uh, Curvy Girls Travel, or Traveling While Plus Size will help you kind of get feedback on people who are living in similar bodies and the reaction or maybe even, you know, how the airplane seat will, if, if is this airplane or is this airline more comfortable than that airline? Mm-hmm. There's so many other things that go into traveling while fat that like straight side people don't even have to think of or consider. Um, so I feel like when you do uh, join one of those, you know, niche groups like fat girls traveling or curvy girls travel, you can ask those questions. There's also another group, uh, Flying While Fat, and they specifically talk about like air air travel and like specific airlines and um, planes. So they'll be like the 747, this on Delta, like has anyone flown that aircraft and how big were the seats? Should I get two seats? You know, mm-hmm. so there are certain things that you do have to consider when you're big. Um, that other people don't have to consider, but there are so many incredible communities that will help take the stress out of it and will take some of the anxiety out of it. Because like, even before you set foot in your destination, as a fat traveler, there's anxieties that you have to deal with. Um, and that's kind of what I want to shed a light on and like alleviate some of that stress by talking about it, by writing about it, and by having a community where people can ask these questions. Wow, that's so important. Um, Because I would imagine, for example, what a great resource that would be about the the flying, you know, information about seats. I can imagine some people saying, well, what if I have to pay for two seats that makes it, you know, out of my reach? Um, But maybe they don't have to if they have a resource that shows them, you know, some airlines that might be more accommodating or whatever. But just knowing that there are resources to, like you said, help take the anxiety out of it. That's so important. So thank you so much for sharing all of those Facebook groups and websites that you mentioned, I'm going to make sure to put all those in the show notes as well. Um, and then, of course, I'll just add. I'll just add one more thing. Sure. There is South Southwest Airline does have a customer of size policy, and they've changed it a little bit. But basically, what happens is you can either pay up front for uh, for two seats if you think that you're going to need two seats. You can pay up front for it, and then after the flight, you can request your refund for the second seat. So you'll be guaranteed to have two seats in the aircraft and you won't have to pay for it. They'll refund you. Hmm. Or if you're on a flight, if you're on a flight that's not full, you can go up to the desk after you check in and say, I want to use the customer size policy. If the flight is not full, they will give you a second seat for free. So that is, yeah, you know what I mean? So I try to fly Southwest, you know, as often as possible just because, I, like I said, have two pieces of luggage. And so I can check my two luggages for free on Southwest. (laughs) But there's so many, yeah, there's so many different resources and things that you learn being in communities that um, cater to the issues that you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. That's really great to know. Um, Do you know if with the Southwest, that policy you're talking about, do you know if it applies to if you're getting seats with, with points or miles? I wonder. I don't think that there's a difference. I yeah. don't think that it, I don't think that it matters. Yeah, like they but might refund you. Can, you like I don't points. work for Southwest. Right, right. Yep. Yeah, I don't work for Southwest. People can look so into I'm it. I'm not exactly a thousand percent sure, but look into it because 
like if you're if you generally need two seats and you can fly southwest to one of the destinations that you're planning to go to, why not you know book the two seats as you usually do and then get money back for one of them if that's something yep. that you're already doing. You know that's a way to save some coins for sure. Great, great tip. Okay, yeah, and let's see. I also wanted to mention you you talked about the bikini piece, and I just wanted to circle back to that because. You know, I have to say, it's something I don't always talk about this, but it's something I've noticed. You know, I go to Brazil a fair amount. I actually um, ended up with my family getting a, a condo there, which is still kind of a surprise to me, even though it's been 10 years. You'd think I'd be used to that idea by now, but it kind of just happened. <laughs> well, and girl, where's my invite? Where's my invite? I you are you welcome. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's plan it. So, um, yeah, that happened. That's a story in and of itself, but it was affordable and I went in on it with some other people. Anyway, it's a story. But let me just say that having spent a fair amount of time there, one of the things that struck me right out of the gate was the, um, what is it I want to say? Well, the body positive piece, I I noticed it right away when I was there. First of all, people there wear bikinis way more, you know, in general. And, you know, you can say, oh, well, they've all got these great bodies. They've all got those bodies that are what we think is supposed to be the best body shape, you know. Well, no, that was where I saw women of every size. And I mean, every size in bikinis. It was extremely Mm -hmm. common. It was just not even an issue or a thought or anything. And I remember the first time I went to the beaches, in Salvador, Brazil, which is, you know, sort of the seat of Afro-Brazilian culture there. And I saw these really big women in bikinis. I don't even know. It made me feel good in this way that I couldn't even explain. Just seeing women without any shame around their bodies at all, you know, enjoying themselves, looking great, looking sexy on the beach. It just, it made me actually sad also for our country all bodies should be celebrated. Like we should feel like blessed to be able to walk on the beach. There's people who don't have that, you know, opportunity. There's a lot of beaches who aren't accessible to people who do live their lives in wheelchairs. You know what I mean? So like all bodies are beautiful. We need to be thankful that we do have the opportunity to have a bikini to, you know what I mean? I feel like everybody is a bikini body. All you got to do is put that bikini on your body. That's right. And now you have a bikini body. You That's don't need right. to starve yourself for three months so that you can have a summer body or so that you can have a bikini body. Like, do you and wear your bikini, wear whatever you want. People mm-hmm. might have opinions. People are going to judge you because we're humans and we all judge. But who cares? Everybody else's opinion of me is none of my business. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. And um, that also the age piece, I want to say it again, there were women of every age in bikinis. It wasn't like, oh, okay, now I'm over, you know, 60, whatever. And so now I have to retire my bikini. Nope. There were women, elderly women, (laughs) elderly women in bikinis. I was like, we really need to learn from this culture right now. Well, that's the better tan line. Like, and the Brazilian bikinis are barely there. That's right. Like barely anything covered. (laughs) In those in those Brazilian cuts, yep. so it's you just have better tan lines when you're wearing a bikini. Like, duh. 
Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, exactly. And then I would come home, you know, to Seattle, the Pacific Northwest, where it's like rainy and cold and everybody's wearing mm. black and covered up. And I'd go, ooh, no, I need to get back to Brazil soon. Yeah, no. <laughs> Can't live that life. Can't live that too much. I, so maybe that's why I travel so much, man. Just for, you know, I love the, I love the Pacific Northwest, but do need to leave during certain months. Anyway, so... You need some sunshine, yeah. That's right, need some sunshine. So, okay, well, thank you so much for sharing all of your tips and insights and thoughts. I really um, am so inspired by what you're doing and actually, like, the digital nomad piece, that's my dream. You know, why I do this podcast is I'm looking myself for that inspiration. And um, I do travel. I'm fortunate enough to travel a lot. You know, I got the miles and points thing going. But I still... I'm trying to figure out the whole kind of breakaway and travel war long term piece. So thanks for being an inspiration on that front. Thanks for all you're doing. Just getting the representation of different types of women travelers out there. That is so important. Um, I'm just really excited you were able to join me today. Thank you so much for having me, Lizette. It was my pleasure. And before I let you go, just throw out there all the places we can find you, the different URLs and all that. So we have that out there. For sure. So my blog is from com, And on my blog, I talk about plus size fashion, plus size travel, just kind of like everything that I love. And you can find me on Instagram at from a net with love. You can also go to fatgirlstraveling.com, which is more of a, a, more of a collaborative website. But I write with other Fat Girls Traveling members who are also travel bloggers. And you can find the Facebook group. It's a private group. But if you search Fat Girls Traveling on Facebook, you can find us there. Or you can find it at Fat Girls Traveling on Instagram. Those are all the places that I am at generally pretty much all the time. (laughs) Great. Thank you so much, Annette. Well, I look forward to staying in touch. And um, enjoy all your upcoming ventures and travel. And can't wait to hear about those. Thank you so much, Lizette. Have a great day. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Globetrotter Lounge podcast. If so, I'd love it if you could take a moment to like and subscribe on iTunes. And don't forget to explore other Globetrotter Lounge podcast episodes either on iTunes or by visiting theglobetrotterlounge.com. And if you want a breakdown of the way that I've personally saved almost $90,000 in travel costs, be sure to download a copy of the Globetrotter Roadmap to Free Travel. Get it for free from RoadmapToFreeTravel.com. If you're ready to dive even deeper into the world of travel hacking through credit card signup bonuses, you'll want to check out my online course, Jet Set 101, Becoming a Travel Hacker. It will teach you exactly how to start turning regular household spending into hundreds of thousands of airline miles and hotel points without damaging your credit score or going into debt. You can get more info at JetSet101Course.com. And finally, if you just want to learn more about me, read my blog posts and tips for free travel, and subscribe to my email list, then visit JetSetLizette.com. That's JetSetLizette.com. Thanks so much for listening.